0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that a younger product? It's
1: going to be Jeff. The green rise to the top for oh, yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. They sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the
0: Mount
2: Rushmore of professional wrestling. What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to Telephone. This week we have two Fig Lifers coming on also. As we record this, it is Sunday, the day of backlash. So I hope you guys are getting your parties going and watching the pay-per-view and ordering pizzas or whatever you guys want, pizza wings. Actually, that sounds hella good right now. Even though it's morning time, that still sounds hella good. Today, these fig lifers are going to be sharing stories with us like they always do. And they're always fun. And I think you guys will enjoy these two gentlemen this week. This week, we have Handsome Zach and we got Ralphie Vibes coming on. So you guys are going to kick back, relax, enjoy these stories from your fellow fig lifers. And that's, that's the fun part about this is they have stories as well, just like everybody else to tell. So... What do you say we get talking to Ralphie? Morning. DJ extraordinaire and also figure (laughs) photographer Ralphie Vibes. How you doing, Ralphie?
1: Doing good, man. Doing good. Can't complain. Just, you know, making whatever I can to get through this quarantine. We're starting to open up here in New York, so we're we're, we're doing good.
2: Have you been out uh, doing any toy spotting or at least?
1: Yeah, lo- I have. When I uh, do some, you know, target runs for essentials, <laughs> I always hit the toy aisle. I've been pretty good, successful. I found a Chase Hurricane, tons of Mandy's on the shelf, tons mm-hmm. of Case. Uh, Kay's. Like, she's peg-warming hard, man.
2: Really? She's peg-warming hard out there, huh?
1: Yeah, there's every I've been to three targets and she's got at least four to five on the shelf.
2: Wow, you know, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's regions uh, it, I've been hearing that a lot out here is that in certain regions, Billy K or Peyton Royce are just pegworming, and I'm just like, what? Like, because out here we don't see it because they're oh. if, they, if it has the word chase or um exclusive or whatever it is. They're immediately off the peg.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the problem with this target was they got so many of the cases uh-huh. that they they just know everybody's tired of buying them. Because I I found Pete Dunn because I I checked the the numbers on uh, Pop Finder. Uh huh. And the guy went in the back, got a fresh case, um, but there was already three Billy K's on on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so when he when he opened the the, the box up. You know, I pulled out what I wanted, and there was two more Billy K's in the box. So I'm like, all right, this is this is weird. I ended up picking up, like, I have two because uh, Ring Skirts, shout out to Ring Skirts. He, uh, he hit me up as soon as he found one. He's like, hey, I got an extra one. Do you, do you need it? And this is before, like, you know, I was able to find her on the shelf. But now they're just there. So if anybody needs, please let me know, and I'll run over to Target because <laughs> they are... Just sitting there collecting dust.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you need that stock to rotate, man.
1: <laughs> For real, because they're not. I don't think they're gonna get the next set until all these are gone. So
2: I've got to be honest, man. You're breaking my heart. I haven't seen any uh, photo shots from you lately.
1: Oh, I know, man. I've been so like lazy, and it's it's kind of difficult because you know. I wish I had that 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 luxury of just leaving everything out and I could just take shots, but like I gotta take everything out of the closet, set everything up, then when I'm done, put everything back. So it's kinda it's very time consuming. But mm-hmm. I know I, like a lot of people have been asking me and even on um on IG I've been getting like DMs like, yo, where are you? Where are your photos? So I'm I'm gonna start it back up.
2: Okay, cool. Soon. Cool, man. Because
1: definitely l- into that
2: because like obviously like you were one of my favorites when we first started scott and i started like noticing figure photography it was you v trigger figs uh ring skirts matthew goldberg it's like these core names that we just noticed like these awesome shots and as i as i said you and v trigger figs and nate and all all them just were fantastic and then when you kind of fell off i was like man, there's like a hole missing, you know, you kind of need to, you know, it's like that, it's like that core group. Somebody dropped off. It's like when the horseman was only running three at a time. Or-
1: yeah. I mean, it's not like I don't have, you know, new figures to shoot. I got tons. I just, you know, I got to make the time. Maybe um, I'll take some more shots later today. I, I did put up a uh, Jeff Hardy recently on my IG mm-hmm. Um which I was just messing around. It was the I forgot what series it was. It's was the one with the three different heads, the purple one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the screaming face, so I just like, you know, I was like, oh, let me just bust out this like photo real quick, and I just threw it up, you know. But I, I'll I'll come back. I'll I'll be bringing some new stuff out. I got some pretty good like ideas. I got my Christian figure just came in and Cena, so I want to take some shots of those.
2: Oh, okay, cool. Um,
1: yeah, I pre-ordered those from uh, Wrestling Figure Shop, mm-hmm. and they came, you know, sooner than I thought.
2: Nice. I've got to ask, man. How did you get into figure photography? Was there somebody that you saw on Instagram or somebody you saw on Twitter, and you're like, you know what, I can do that?
1: So there was a couple of guys. Um, I just randomly came across them on uh, on my personal Instagram, and it was uh this this. This guy named One Shots World. He's from out in your neck of the woods in California. Okay. And um, from his page, I found V Trigger Figs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I found Dark Rain. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and and then I found um, Figure Kingdom. Yes. And I was like, man, this is this is awesome. Like, I think I can do this. So I started just buying more figures. I used to just buy specific guys that I wanted, like Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just like stopped completely. And then I just once I saw these guys, I was like, I gotta get back into this. This looks like a, a good hobby to have. So I I uh, started hitting the the stores and you know picking up figs and just testing it out. Like I, I always had like a, a, a pretty decent camera, mm-hmm. but I find like the iPhone camera is just better mm-hmm. for me. Um, and just be and then I, I I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start my own. Like IG page and like I just threw up, you know, some very amateur looking photos and I started getting like a lot of followers and I was like, all right, maybe I can make this, you know, into something. Like I, I was just doing it just to do it, but it wasn't until I put up this uh, Legion of Doom photo with the uh, extreme sets background and the uh, and the uh, and the ring mm-hmm. that like. Overnight, I got like 400 likes, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> like, this is insane. I never imagined. I was like, "Ah, oh, maybe like 20, and I'm fine. I'm good with that. But like 400 and something likes, and I was like, all right, this is do something. And then, you know, um, I think somebody had tagged uh, Bill McKenna in one of my shots, mm-hmm. and he liked it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, now I'm going to take this a little bit more serious.
2: Did you get a lot of feedback when you first started?
1: Yeah, so I actually um, – dm dark ring and he gave me some good ideas about like lighting and like angles because he even said he was like you know your shots are nice but just like your angles change your angles and then um figure kingdom also Mm -hmm. he gave me some pretty some pretty good advice as far as like lighting and how to angle like um the flashlight because his lighting is incredible right and his shots are just awesome so he gave me some pretty good ideas on on how to do that and then also um i saw some youtube videos of some guys and how to do like the the still shots so i tested a few of those out it's it's a lot of work man it's time consuming oh man (laughs) i I did i did a shot with like uh lesnar giving triple h a german suplex and that took me like 45 minutes just to set it up (laughs) and like two seconds to take the shot but like just to get like the right angle
2: Seeing people using fishing wire and then they have to go in and uh, Photoshop out the fishing wire or whatever it is, man, it's it's impressive what they go through just to get that one shot. And like you said, it took 45 minutes for for you to do that Brock Lesnar German suplex thing. I mean, it's crazy. Like the amount of work that goes into taking one photo. It's not like seeing a bird up in a tree and you take that shot or something like that. Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> you know there's yeah, it's, actually a- it, it, it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work, but the end result, you know, they, they the, the the shots are are awesome. I don't I I don't use like a lot of um, Photoshop. I do. I, I am heavy on filters. I'm not gonna lie because I feel like with certain shots, like it really brings out. Um, the figure mm-hmm. a, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I what I started doing was I started using my desktop computer, um, as the background, just because it's a little easier.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and and there there's a guy on YouTube that all he does is upload um the entrances, and he'll put like the, the song, and it's like their Titantron, but it's the actual entrance. So if, if you guys go to my IG, there's there's a shot that I took of uh, Randy Orton. Just standing in the entranceway. And that's probably the my favorite picture that I've ever taken. Just because the lighting and the filter that I use. And I I, I stopped the video at a certain um, point. Mm-hmm. And it just came out like incredible.
2: Was the Brock Lesnar like, the, doing the German suplex, going back to that figure, was that the one that took the longest to prep for?
1: Yeah. Because I, I could not, for the life of me, get like the feet angled correctly. Like I had the fishing wire. Um, around his waist and Uh then i had it around like triple h's like um around his neck (laughs) Uh and i could not get his feet to plant the right way and it just took forever like i even walked away i came back and i was like all right let's try this again i finally (laughs) got it but even in the photo like it still bothers me because his foot is kind of like not planted correctly Uh but i'm like you know what i don't think anybody's really zooming in to the feet
2: <laughs> yeah I think they're looking at the German suplex I don't think they're zooming in on feet so how did you get into wrestling
1: uh my earliest memory of it I was like five man I, I remember going to my grandparents house and my grandfather was watching it and he was like cursing at the tv in Italian <laughs> and I'm just like what is he watching and then I looked at the screen and it was Hulk Hogan and huh. I was like oh wow this guy looks like larger than life yeah um So I would, you know, whenever I would go there, I would watch it. And then um, I actually had a friend that lived across the street from me and his aunt used to drive um, us to, like, school, like, you know, kindergarten and stuff. And every morning, you know, he had VHS tapes, so he would watch it and he would be playing with LJNs. So every morning we would play with the LJNs and I always used Hogan and he used Macho Man. (laughs) Um, And then, you know. It was from there it just like took off. I just became like a supermarket and I've been a fan ever since.
2: Yeah, so you grew up in the Hogan era of like Hogan Warrior JYD yeah. Snucka?
1: Yeah. It was just like the good old days. <laughs> if you... and so so that's kinda like why like most of the figures I collect are usually like that that era of guys. Um I did go crazy at one point, I just started buying everybody. Uh-huh. But but then I stopped and I was like there's too many of the same guy coming out, and like when these legends come out, it's not that many. So I'm just gonna focus on on getting these like legends. Like I'll get, you know, here and there. Like I got the Fiend. He just came in from ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get like here and there, but I know there's a lot of guys that buy like every single set that come out, and I'm like, overdoing it too many. So I stick to my legend: Bogans and Macho Man's, uh, the Ligers, all these guys that come out.
2: I would love to see you do figure photography with LJNs. I've never seen that before. So <laughs> I need you to do that for me, man.
1: So I have an interesting story. And I know he's going to listen to this because I told him to listen to the show. Sure. I have, I have a buddy that the guy that I grew up with him and his brother have like the most amazing LJN Hasbro and Jack's BCA collection.
0: Oh. And they're
1: just sitting in a bin. And I've, I've offered them money to give me the, the figures, uh-huh. and they keep turning me down. So now that I'm on a platform, I'm begging you guys, sell <laughs> me the bin. I'll give you whatever you want for it, but like, I just need it. <laughs> I want it. I need it.
2: So they have the black cards in there, like Warlord and...
1: Everything. Oh. Everything you can imagine. Like This collection is just amazing, and everything's just sitting in bins, and it's been in bins for the last like, 15, 20 years.
2: Just collecting dust, huh?
1: Yes. So I'm like just... I'll go to your mom's house and I'll just take. I'll tell her that you you told me it was okay and I'll just take the bid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how much are you offering them?
1: Um, I lowballed them first. And offered, like two hundred bucks. Uh huh. But then they started looking up like how much the stuff was worth, and I blamed the Harley fake. <laughs> um, so now I'm trying to negotiate like like a decent number. I'll, I'll listen. They're loose. So, mm-hmm. and they're 20, like over 20 years old. So,
2: are the LJNs in good condition?
1: Yeah, they are. Oh, no, scratches, no, nothing. They're all just like
2: those guys could be getting a couple dollars for those. I'll tell you.
1: I know, but I want them to give them to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, make sure you don't let them see wrestlingtoytracker.com.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll try to avoid them. going on there but you know it's it's tough but they'll never sell them to me but i told them let me let me take some photos you know bust out the bid and let me take some photos so maybe i can negotiate that
2: see that would be interesting because obviously a lot of these figure photographers are using mattels and i see a lot of storm collectibles hogan's also going on out there but a lot of people are using mattels and storms because of the articulation I, i would love to see an ljn photo just I don't know how it would come across, but I've never seen it before. I've I've, I've seen people take pictures of their collections, but I've never seen yeah. like an action shot like you were just talking about about uh, Brock Lesnar doing the German suplex. I would love to see an LJN shot because it's one pose like let's see the creativity and make this work.
1: <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to try and see if they will let me just borrow the bin <laughs> and take some photos and I'll, I'll see if I can do maybe not action shots because it might be difficult, but maybe, you know, some with some nice backgrounds and, or something I can probably pull that off.
2: When was your very first wrestling show?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. I remember going to a house show at the garden and I think Shawn Michaels was the champion. So it was around like, was that like 96?
2: Yeah. 96. that's my,
1: that's my very first memory of like a, of a show I think he wrestled Goldust in the main event If I remember correctly But that's my first memory But every, but then after that Like I just Especially now More than ever Like I, I go to a lot of Indie shows mm-hmm. Especially here in New York There's tons of You know Different companies That run shows mm-hmm. Um, I go to a lot of those I remember being at Survivor Series 2002 When Shawn Michaels Won the title Oh in The first chamber
2: Oh dude That was actually A fun match too
1: yeah, it it was a it was a great show. It was a little difficult to see through the cage, but it was just it was a great show.
2: Did you have any idea uh, that Triple H was hurt in that match?
1: No, not at all. Gotcha. None whatsoever. It wasn't until after um, I was able to see it um, on like DVD that I that I noticed. Well, I think they mentioned it on the dirt sheets. Yeah. But I wanted to actually see it, and that's when I was like, "Oh wow!" Like you couldn't even tell, like from like from a f- fan's perspective maybe if you were closer you could have mm-hmm. but not from i was in like the 100 section oh okay and i couldn't i couldn't tell
2: so how far are you from the garden
1: um well when i lived in queens i was like 30 minute train ride um uh, now that i moved out to yonkers um it's i could take the there's a the train called a metro north and i could take that it's probably like 40 minutes so it's not too bad
2: oh okay so, this happened to me the very first time I was in New York, but have you ever gotten lost on a train, like you took the wrong train?
1: Um, when I was younger, for the very f- the first time I took the train, yeah, I went in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, actually, I've got to say, we've done it twice. We, uh, we did that when we were going to Access uh, this past WrestleMania 35 weekend, I should say. We took the wrong train going the wrong way.
1: And right listen, Brooklyn is confusing and I've lived in New York my entire life. So I don't I don't, you know, no judgment here. That happens a lot. Brooklyn oh. is super confusing.
2: Oh man, like we we kind of realized we were on the wrong train as we were coming up to the last stop and it was like, oh, damn it. So now we had to go back all, all the way back. Then we had to go to uh catch a cab down to access so anyways, it yeah, it's happened to me twice when uh, we were trying to take the train, but oh well, it happens, I guess. It's, it's
1: confusing, man. It's a confusing city to get around. Here. Um, That's like the no more complaint from everyone. It's just, it's so confusing, especially like, so I, where I'm from in Queens, like there's street drive, road, and place, and it could all be the same number. And people are like, how the hell do you know how to get around? But I'm like, listen, after a while, you just, you just learn it.
2: The pizza makes up for it though.
1: Yes. <laughs> it does. Next time next time you're in New York, you have to go to a place in Queens called Rosa's Pizza and you have to get a grandma slice from there. Hands down, best pizza you ever have in your life.
2: Okay, so you know Barstool Sports, right? Yes. Has the president or El Presidente, has he ever rated that one?
1: Uh I don't know. I don't think he did.
2: Okay because he, he should. He's done a bunch of pizza reviews. I, I want to say I remember him saying something about the grandma slice and I can't remember what he gave it, but I just remember when you said the grandma slice it clicked in my head. So
1: Yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorite slices of pizza. Not everybody can make it that good, but the places that do know how to make it really good like it's it's yeah. incredible.
2: Well, there's Lombardi's and John's and Bleecker, man, in Greenwich Village. Oh. Yeah. Good Lord, those pizzas.
1: Lombardi's is is great. I love that place.
2: Man, that place and John's Unbleeker are the two best pizzas I think I've ever had in my life. Just hands down. Those are the two greatest pizzas right there.
1: You got to hit up uh, Grimaldi's also in Brooklyn.
2: I've heard about that
1: one. It's just the line is ridiculous. Especially (laughs) now with everything that you have to wait online. Every single thing now, but the pizza there is great.
2: Oh, all right now i want pizza and wings dude it's back it's backlash <laughs> sunday I, i'm like now looking forward to dinner time for uh pizza and wings dude <laughs>
1: ne- next time you guys are, are in new york we gotta link up like sooner and I'll, t- I'll take you guys to some pretty cool there's actually one out here in yonkers that i go to all the time it's called uh frank pepe's mm-hmm. um, amazing uh, amazing amazing pizza like i that's like our friday night tradition my wife and i and our and our daughter that's like our friday tradition
2: speaking of being in new york man you uh you and i got to meet at the new japan show in yes. at the garden dude and it was so cool like i met uh a few listeners there i met jason linick and then i met you at the end of the show i didn't even know you were there but you're like you came walking up you're like jeff and then you introduced yourself i was like holy crap like i'm meeting the great ralphie vibes <laughs> <laughs> But that was such a, was a, that was a fun show. It, and then to top it off with meeting you, that was awesome, man.
1: Yeah. It was, I, I wish like, so that, that was like mania weekend. And, um, I didn't go to the show because the last time I went to mania when it was there in 29, mm-hmm. it, it was just, a, it was a terrible experience like trying to get home. Yes. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that again, but, um. There was so much stuff like going on and I like I had to go to Pennsylvania that weekend then I came back. Like I rushed back to get to that New Japan show. Mm-hmm. Um and when I saw that you were there, I was actually, um, hitting up Hova on uh, on Twitter and he was like, Yeah, come to the hotel room, just come in and I was like, Shit, I need to go there <laughs> And then when I when we were going on the stairs, like I saw you and I was like, Is that him? Yeah, it's him and I just ran up and <laughs> it was it was It it was like finding a needle in a haystack, but I was so glad that I finally got to meet one half of the the dynamic duo, man.
2: (laughs) It was funny because I had met you. We got our picture outside, and as we're walking back to our hotel... I'm texting Scott. I was like, dude, I just met Ralphie vibes. (laughs) You know, it was like (laughs) as excited as you were to meet me. Like I was even more excited to meet you. And Scott's like, shut up, dude. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I met Ralphie, (laughs) but, uh, I was hoping you would have been able to make it to the meetup. But like you had told me that night, you were, you were in Pennsylvania and there was no way you were going to be able to make it, but we were hoping you were able to, you were in a, like, we had our fingers crossed. You were going to be able to make it
1: I was I was trying man because like that weekend um it was like a family function and I couldn't miss it and um we left early enough so I could try to make it towards like the tail end of the meetup and then we got stuck in traffic trying to cross the GW and I was like crap I'm never gonna make it oh. um and I think I think I had hit up I think it was uh I think it was either you or Hova that I sent the message through uh, through DM. And I was like, "What time is it over?" And they were like, "Oh, everybody's clearing out." And I was like, "Crap, <laughs> never mind." But I was trying, man. I was flying like from PA to New York. It's like a two-hour drive, but I was flying, trying to get back. <laughs> yeah,
2: we were hoping you'd be able to make it. I, uh, Hovo actually at the meetup was telling us, "He goes, Ralphie's trying to make it, but I don't think he's going to make it." And I was like, "Ah, it's all good. It was, it's, it's okay, man. I, you know, we appreciate you even trying to make it. You know, that means th- everything to us for you
1: even to try and." I appreciate it, man. But if if everything goes well and life gets back to semi-normal and mania is still in L.A., there's like a 77% chance that I'm going out there.
2: Oh, dude. All right. So
1: I I, I already started planning it with some friends and everything. It's just, you know, my wife and I, were expecting any day now. So we have another child on the way, so I'm trying to see how I can maneuver that.
2: (laughs) Oh, congratulations, man.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Do you know the gender? Baby number two. Yeah, another girl. Another girl? Girl dad, yeah.
2: Oh, have you guys chosen the name? Or are you going to keep that secret?
1: Uh, we're still trying to decide between two, so I guess we'll wait until she's she's out, and then we'll, we'll figure it out. Aww,
2: <laughs> congrats, man. We're so happy for you.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. If anything, you know, if she's anything like my, my other daughter, she'll love wrestling. She's like a huge Becky Lynch mark. So <laughs> I got her, like, a couple of figures and... She wants a Bianca Belair, so I'm waiting to get her that one.
2: She's into the toys and everything too, huh?
1: Yeah, she she loves it. She wants me. She asked me for uh, for the ring the other day. So next time I go to Target, if they have one of those like mini rings, I'm gonna pick her pick one up for her.
2: We're happy for you, man. So uh, going back for you, when you got done with the LJNs, now did you start collecting the Hasbro's?
1: Um. I had a few, I had warrior, I had Hogan Piper. Um, it was like, you know, it was harder to get around to like toys R rust back then. So I had to like wait for my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to convince them to like buy me more wrestling figures was, was a hassle. So, um, I, I kind of, it wasn't until like Jack's BCAs came out, mm-hmm. um, that I really started going like crazy for these figures. Um, because uh, there is a store called Caldor out here in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys had it out there, but no. uh, my buddy and I, we would, uh, on our way back from school, we would stop there, and, and they had them all. So I would just, like, save up like money and stuff and, like, do a paper route just to have funds. And um, every time I would get a chance, I would get a new one. So I actually had the whole first two uh, series complete. Oh. And um, – and then there was a store that opened up down the block from my house, and they started getting them also. Mm-hmm. Um, so as the older, the newer sets were coming out, and they had the Bendems, and I would just buy the Bendems, and I was just <laughs> like, "Oh, this is heaven." <laughs> were you into WCW at all at that time? I wasn't that much, but my neighbor downstairs, he was, and he had all the Galoobs. So I would bring down my BCAs, and we would play. Um, You know, we would swap figures, which was pretty fun. So I would just go down there like every Saturday and we would just, you know, it'd be like Bret Hart versus like Lex Luger. I like those because they came with the belts. Mm -hmm. So we would just, you know, of course my WWF figures would always win. So I would always take home his belts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, did you ever go to any ECW shows as well?
1: Yes, all the time. My first ECW experience, I remember my friends and I, we cut school. To go stand online at the Elk's Lodge to get in. Uh, I must have been like 16, and uh, it was it was incredible. There there's there was a I think it's on YouTube. I, if I find the link, I'll share it on Twitter. Okay. A riot almost broke out. Bubba Ooh. Ray was annihilating some guy in the crowd, and he was in the balcony, and he kept telling the guy, "Come down, jump in the ring, and security won't stop you." And my friends and I were like three seats away from this kid. Oh, dude. And the kid, the kid jumped. We we helped lower him down from the balcony, and he ran to the guardrail. And I I was like, this guy's gonna he's gonna get killed. He's gonna die. <laughs> I was like, this kid is going to die. Um, and another uh, memory that I have of ECW shows was um it was a triple threat tag team match. So it was uh, the the Impact players. Uh huh versus Ken, candido and bam bam versus the Dudleys. And I remember Bam Bam getting hit so hard with a chair that the top part of the chair, the curved, like backing, uh-huh, went flying into the crowd. And oh. like flew towards where me and my friends were sitting and we were just like, holy crap, like uh-huh. this is insane. But we, we loved every every second of it. They used to go to that to Elk's Lodge all the time. So we used to every single time there was a show we would go, and then we we started going so much, and we were getting there early. They would let us in to do ring crew, so we were setting up the ring, meeting the guys, and hanging out with like Pablo Marquez and franchise Shane Douglas and Al Snow, and it, it was it was crazy, man. I loved it. Uh,
2: do you have any funny stories with the ECW guys?
1: Yeah, uh, when Al Snow was like really, really like the man there. Uh huh. Um, they used to give out the mannequin heads. So I would take them. I took them head and I got it signed by by everyone in the locker room. Except <laughs> for Rob Van Dam. He refused to sign it. He's like, I'm not signing that thing. He's like, I'll sign whatever you want. I'm not signing that thing. <laughs> so I like pulled off my backpack. I ripped out like a loose leaf from my from my binder from school and he signed the the loose leaf. <laughs> um <laughs> another incident, um my buddy and I were like walking around um, after the show and we went to the like the, the parking lot and we saw Van Damme and Sabu like smoking weed <laughs> so it was like what the hell what the hell is going on here but that that was pretty fun
2: that's awesome man were, were these uh, like just regular house shows or were they pay-per-views the sh- original no, shows
1: these, these these were taped for, um, for TV like the show used to come on at like 2 in the morning here in New York on the MSG channel mm-hmm um, so they would tape them, but they wouldn't, they would just put like certain matches. So not everything made it, you know, to TV. Oh, okay. Um, but there was some, some pretty cool, um, moments that did like when Raven came back and him and dreamer won the tag titles when the Dudleys were leaving. Mm-hmm. I was there for that. Oh, um,
2: was that a Hammerstein?
1: That was, that was Alps Lodge, I believe.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So it's funny, man, because like I told the story on another podcast a while back, but we didn't get ECW out here. The way it worked for us was originally, if you didn't have cable in your room, you had this one little random channel that would show wrestling at night. So like Monday night, they would show wrestling superstars from the previous Saturday. On Tuesday night, they would show Smoky Mountain. On Wednesday, they would show ECW. And then on Thursday, they would recap Raw. So each night you had wrestling. But that was the only way I saw ECW. And they kept it on for about three, about three or four weeks. And the very first ECW show I ever saw on this random channel was the show where they threw in all the chairs and one of the chairs knocked out Terry Funk. And, you know, it's, it's one of those famous scenes, you know, that you see all the time when they show ECW clips or whatever. So anyways, Scott gets home from work. He was working at Sport Mart at the time. Scott gets home from work and I'm like, dude, you won't believe what I just saw. Terry Funk, Cactus Jack were in the ring. Chairs are flying in. Uh, One of them knocked out Terry Funk. There were wrestlers buried under the, under the chairs. And Scott's looking at me like, Dude, what are you talking about? Shut up, go away. I, I don't. I just got back from work. I don't want to deal with you. You know, but like, I couldn't believe what I had just seen. Well, a couple of years later, Inside Edition had done a special on ECW, and I was like, oh yeah, that ECW show. You know, it had been a few years since I had last seen it. I was like, oh yeah, that ECW stuff. What? You know, I wonder whatever happened to it. So we started to follow it through Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And when they announced that they were going to be having their very first pay-per-view, like we would sit there and watch the preview channel, which was basically they would show what was going to be on pay-per-view, like what movie was coming up and they would show trailers or whatever. And then they would show the ECW clip and it would come on like every eight to 10 minutes we would sit there just waiting for that trailer for ECW dude cuz we didn't get it out here and we were like oh man we were so thirsty I, for it so we're so jealous of you guys being able to watch go to the shows of everybody on the east coast being able to be part of that during that time
1: i actually discovered it um i was up late one night and um i was just flipping through the channels and then i just saw like wrestling and i saw um can't remember the match i think it was like an old clip it was like uh i think it was i know dean malenko was wrestling
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i was like whoa whoa what, what is this and I, like it just looked like dingy and whatever and then like the next match was like this crazy extreme and i'm like where, where is this qualification like what is this, like, this is freaking awesome <laughs> and, and then um i was like maybe this comes on every saturday at two o'clock so the following saturday i stayed up late and there it was again so i started telling my friends about it and they were like they're like oh yeah like i didn't want to say anything because i didn't know like what it was and then we started like finding everything out about this and then when they when we knew that they were doing shows we would go to every single show and the and the mall by my by my mom's house well my old apartment in queens um there was a guy that had a, a a little like kiosk and he would sell tapes from RF video. Oh, so, so we would, we would buy tapes of old ECW stuff and FMW and like war, like well, wrestling and romance, like all these mm-hmm. old tapes. And we would just go, we would watch them. And then we would trade tapes with people at school. <laughs> they like had stuff that we didn't in it. And then we had stuff that, that, that they didn't have. And it was just like, this I, I love this whole era. Like this is so freaking cool. Did you um, did you keep any of the tapes? I did. And they're they're all at my mom's house, which I need to eventually go get. There's a bunch of stuff that I have there. Like all my old figures are there, which I need to get. Mm-hmm. Um and some oh some old wrestling tapes. I have like a Shawn Michaels shoot interview that I bought. <laughs> so <laughs> I think like, i you know, I, I love that RF video like um kiosk because I didn't have to like order it and pay for shipping. It was just like, let me walk down the block and see what the guy has today.
2: Like you said, it was such a fun time, man. Like we and I'll go back to Scott and I, we didn't know about tape trading at that time. We had no clue about it. Like if we did, we would have been watching Japan. We would have been watching ECW, but we didn't know anything. We just got our basic. uh We got Lucha Libre out here on Saturday afternoons we got WWF and WCW and that was basically it for us out here.
1: So Oh man, it had you guys deprived out there. Oh
2: dude, tell me about it. Like we would hear people talk about uh, wrestlers from Japan or Bam Bam Bigelow would go over to Japan and I was like, "Oh, is that where Bigelow is? He's in Japan right now?" Okay, you know. <laughs> and you'd read Pro Wrestling Illustrated too to kind of get a loose loose feeling of what was going on over there but you didn't know the whole stories of all these other wrestlers that were wrestling Bam Bam or Stan Hansen or Vader or whatnot. So you, like you just said, we were deprived out here. We got figures, but we didn't get all that other stuff, man.
1: Um, well, that was like the best, the best time to be a fan back then. Mm-hmm. Like one of my buddies was really into, uh, to Japan. So he would always have like all the new Japan tapes and, uh, that's how I knew about FMW and these freaking C4 bomb explosion <laughs> matches. And I was just like, this, this is crazy. Like, uh, Cactus Jack and, um, uh, what's this guy? that dressed like Leatherface. I can't remember his name. Uh, it, um, it,
2: it was played by Corporal Kirshner, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yep. And him, um, Terry Funk. Uh, I knew about Masato Tanaka before he came to ECW because of these Japan tapes. And, oh. Like just seeing how he got like most of those scars, like I was just like, "Wow, this is crazy."
2: <laughs> so you mentioned that you go to a lot of indie shows. Well, when things were open, but you were going to a lot of indie shows. Uh, have you met a lot of the wrestlers from those indie shows?
1: Yeah. Um. So there's a company based out of Queens. Um. Well, based out of Queens and Brooklyn, it's called House of Glory. Yeah. Um. So I go. I go to a lot of their shows and. um pretty cool with a lot of the guys because, like, they, they, they're the normal people, man. They just walk around and, you know, they, they say hi. One of my buddies is actually, like, he does the music for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I get to meet a lot of the wrestlers. Like, I, I've met Santana and Ortiz, like, so many times. Like, even, like, right after they got signed to AEW, like, they showed up. Uh, they had a contribute show to this uh, wrestler named Matt Travis, who was tragically killed riding his bike by, by a truck driver. That was a big
2: story out here.
1: Yeah, it was sad, man. Like he—he he was such an up-and-coming like talent, uh-huh. and um, all the, they had this tribute show. So, Private Party was there, Santana and Ortiz, Tommy Dreamer showed up. Um, which Tommy Dreamer is a saint. He donated whatever he, they were gonna pay him. He matched it and donated it to Matt Travis's family, which was freaking incredible. Wow. Um, Bubba Ray, Devon, Mikey Whipwreck—they all showed up just to show up, just to pay their respects um so after like you know I, I saw santana and i was like dude yo congratulations man i'm proud of you i saw i saw your grind like from starting here in hog to there and he was like yo thank you very humble guy like really really cool mm-hmm. like i'm super happy for them that they signed with aew um there's a guy there's another company called icw based out of queens mm-hmm. um amazing red wrestled there mm-hmm. um danny damanto wrestled there which he he now is like part owner of that company so they they actually have a show this weekend um pretty cool concept where everybody you pull up and you but you have to stay in your car <laughs> oh yeah um, and it sold out immediately but you know um, <laughs> nice i, I was going to go but it was the, by the time i found out tickets were gone
2: oh um,
1: there, there's another guy named uh TJ Marconi huge 6 foot 5 dude's a monster man anybody that signs him like he he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of really really hungry good talent and you get to meet these guys like after there's another oh there's another company in jersey called pro wrestling magic okay um i love their shows because they're all uh 80s themed so (laughs) like the music the the names of the shows are like you know, '90s and '80s TV shows. So, like, they had a, a show before the, this pandemic called Family Matters, <laughs> which was freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, they're a really, really good group of guys. I met, um, I met Joey Ryan there, uh-huh. which he was pretty cool. I met Leo Rush there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Sean Maluda. I met there one of my one of my buddies um, used to be a manager for a, a couple of the talent there. Um, so like I would go with him and I would meet these guys before or after the show. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it, it's the, the indie scene in New York is hot right now, man. And hopefully after everything comes back to normal, like they could just pick up where they left off. Cause you know, um, especially house of glory. Like they signed a lot of guys to AEW, like private parties from there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Santana and Ortiz are from there. Um, um, there's a lot of other really, really, really good wrestlers there that you know they're just hungry, man. They're up and coming, and and once things get back to normal, maybe they get signed. Like I met Cody at House of Glory, uh-huh. which was pretty cool. Um, I met the the outsiders. I met Bret Hart, mm. um, which Bret was like my favorite signing that they did.
2: When you get up to these wrestlers, do you get something signed or do you just get a picture?
1: Uh, with Cody, I didn't have um, any figures, uh, like, you know, not mint or, like, mo- uh, mock figures. So I just got, like, an 8 by 10 But with Brett, uh, I knew he was coming, like, for weeks. And I I got the um, the, the Jack's, like, statue, the ultimate, uh, what was it called? The Fury?
2: Uh, uh, oh, man. Oh. Unmatched Fury.
1: Yeah. So I found that on... Um, on ebay and i actually messaged the guy that was selling it and i was like listen man i know you have this thing that's auctioned but like, i really 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 need it because i'm gonna meet brett and he was like yo no no problem man he was like just 75 bucks it's yours i was like "Y'all, i'll pay you right now and three days later i had it
0: uh-huh. and then i
1: also bought i bought a um a replica winged eagle belt and I was like, I have to have Brett sign this because I have an IC title signed by Razor and Sean. Oh, nice. Um, so I was like, I have to have this title because that title for me is synonymous with Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. So I I got it, came in, and um, it was eighty dollars to meet Brett, and then like another thirty dollars for any additional items you wanted. Like you get one item signed, and thirty for any additional. So I got the, the belt and the 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 statue the unmatched fury uh statue signed by Brett his signature is beautiful man and and he looked at the statue and he was like wow i haven't seen one of these in years and you know i thanked him for everything and we he he was he was great because he took his time Mm -hmm. signing he took his time talking to every fan um thanking them for being there his son was there um with him Mm -hmm. the only thing that i that i felt bad was you know with his condition like he had to sit down the whole time. So you really couldn't get like that that photo with him standing up. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I was just glad to shake his hand, meet him and, and, you know, get these things like autographed.
2: It's funny because out here there's a gentleman. His name is Kirk White and he runs uh, big time wrestling. Well, he brings Brett in so many times throughout uh, the year. He, it, Brett's always out here maybe once or twice a year. But hearing everybody on the East Coast that doesn't get that opportunity like we have on the West Coast, I love hearing the story because it takes me back to 1997, the very first time, sorry, 1996, the very first time I ever met Brett. And like just being in awe of Bret Hart, you know, being in, it's my favorite wrestler of all time. And I'm just in awe, you know, it's that markout moment where you're like, okay, keep cool, keep cool. But then you meet him and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, <laughs> Yeah,
1: I, I tried to keep my composure, and I didn't like try not to mark out. Uh-huh. But, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. Same thing when I met um, the outsiders. Uh-huh. I freaking I marked out. I got them <laughs> to sign a, um, uh, the the battle pack with both of them in it. The only thing that I regret is that they signed it in Sharpie. Oh, which I wish I would have used paint pen. But um, I had also had them sign. I had a, a NWO shirt signed by Hulk Hogan. Oh whoa. So I had them sign it on the bottom, like right underneath Hogan's signature. Um, so I'm, I need to get that framed, actually. I have it folded up somewhere in a box.
2: On the autograph on the shirt, does it still pop or is it starting to fade?
1: Oh, no. They, they use paint pen, so it popped. Oh. Which was which was great. That they used paint pen for. I don't know why they didn't use paint pen for the figure, but...
2: Okay, because I have a Hardy Boys shirt from when I met them back in two thousand, I think it was, and it was the two extreme or uh, yeah, two extreme shirt, and they signed in gold sharpie. Man, you can't even tell that they signed anymore. I mean that those oh. autographs are long gone.
1: Yeah, man, the, the the paint pen on shirts is definitely the way to go.
2: Uh, I gotta check that out. Any other f- funny signing stories? You ever meeting somebody or?
1: Uh, uh well. There's a store out here in Bayside, a Wrestling Universe, and Jack is the owner. Man, he, he's just an amazing, amazing dude.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He always does tons of signings. Like he's been doing signings for years. Um But I met uh Harley Race like three months before he passed away. Oh um, whoa. and it was like three or four months before he, he passed. And um I was just like I, I was I was speechless i couldn't believe it i was like wow like this is harley race and he shook everyone's hand he took his time with everyone he thanked everyone um for being there still has like that really strong grip Mm -hmm. i was like wow this is this is crazy he even asked like how do you want me to sign it he's like you know do you want me to personalize it and i was just like just just your name sir please just Harley Race <laughs> <laughs> um hey I love his autograph like and he takes his time like really writing it out um, yeah Great Muda was there the same day and and the, the line was just like ridiculous mm-hmm. and I was like in a time crunch so I didn't get to to stay and meet him but he'll be back um I'm hoping that they do like uh um New Japan like releases a figure of him mm-hmm. to get that one signed but yeah, I know he'll be back as Jack. He brings these guys like all all the time. He he's already has signings lined up for November, you know, of of people that are going to be there. So I am just waiting. I think Godfather he's going to have
2: man. which I need to get
1: Godfather um like figure mock it's, so I can get that signed.
2: That's it's so difficult, man. Like Scott and I talk about this on this week's show we don't know how signings are in a go now they're not going to use our paint pens anymore they're not you know they're not going to take our paint pens you know and if they have sharpie on the table scott and i are in a bounce we're like you know we're not going to pay 25 bucks for an autograph that could possibly fade in the near future like i'll give you an example i was redoing my room yesterday and
1: i saw that dude that, that's a lot of work <laughs> oh dude
2: my thumb's bruised you know but uh, uh, I had to take down three autographs and the three autographs I took down was Ric Flair, Jack's classic Roddy Piper, Jack's classic and Nikolai Volkov, Jack's classic. And the reason I took those down is because the autographs are basically gone. Like they're, oh, they're non-existent anymore. Like i oh, even, uh, the other one that I left up because it's part of the two pack was strike force. Tito Santana's blue Sharpie is gone off there. So as Scott and I talk about on this week's show is like, you know, we, we're not going to pay 20 bucks, 25 bucks for an autograph that could possibly fade in the future. So, you know, we were basically begging promoters, please have paint pens out. Posca releases a variety pack of different colors by that it's 40 bucks. It's in a, you know, it's gonna draw people in because of how great the pens look on the figures, you know, the, the ink looks on the figure. So, you know,
1: I'm pretty sure that the wrestlers will have like gloves on. Um, because if they're going to be touching figures then they should be touching paint pens, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure that they'll have like gloves on. Um, and they'll re- just require everyone to wear like a mask. Um, yes. Just so that you can get like the photo with them and they don't have a mask on. But I'm curious to see, like, i um, I, I need to take a ride over to wrestling universe because they, they actually reopened and they're, they're doing like limited amount of people inside. Mm-hmm. So I gotta, I'll, I'll ask Jack, like what his plan is. I know it's him. He keeps paint pens there. Oh, okay. Because he knows like what the autographs mean to people. Yeah. Um, plus he gets a ton of stuff autographed also. And then he'll like resell it in the store. Um, he actually has a Vince man, eight by 10 that I'm, I think I'm going to buy it. Ooh. It's cheap. It's like 50 bucks. Ooh. But I'm going to buy it.
2: <laughs> Do it, man. Um, you got to,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll ask. Um, cause he's usually like my go-to guy for my, my signings at, at that store. Um, they 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 had the he had the young bucks there cody there um he had the warlord there recently mm-hmm. um before all this stuff happened he usually gets like a really good uh crop of guys like and it's i'm waiting for him to get tully blanchard because i have the legend figure that i need to get signed it's mock i have it inside of uh I went to Container Store and I bought like this really thick plastic cereal box container mm-hmm. and I have it in there like with bubble wrap and I'm like I, I need this thing to stay in pristine condition cuz he was going to get Tully and 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 Tessa but then all this happened so I need to find out from him like when that's going to happen because I'll get him to sign that and then an 8x10 of her Nice cuz there's no there's no um there's no figures out of her
2: Right right well, Ralphie, I better wrap this up, man. I gotta call another fig lifer. But before I go, you gotta make me a promise that you're okay. gonna, that you're gonna take more photos.
1: I will. I promise. I'll, I'm going to bust out my my crates, my <laughs> my storage bins, and um, I I, I want to take a picture of the liger, but like I'm a loose collector. Uh-huh. I just don't I can't bring myself to open it. <laughs> <laughs> because I I I have a feeling that that he's going to do a signing. Uh-huh. And um I want to get it signed. Like I, I just it's an expensive figure, man. I, I don't want to buy another one. Mm-hmm. Um I'd rather just take, you know, just get that one signed and that's it. But I don't know. I'm I'm contemplating, but I I do have I do have a couple of other figures there that I want to take photos so i promise i'm gonna i'm gonna take more photos
2: all right cool And if you do do a liger one man you gotta get him and pillman in one shot
1: i know i know that's that And i have to that's the thing i will have to set the ring up put the background that's gonna that's gonna take a while but if i do bust out the liger then i'll, I'll definitely definitely do it
0: all right.
2: Well, Ralphie, I want to thank you not only for being on today, but also pulling me aside at New Japan. It was great meeting you. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite photos from that weekend was uh us outside of MSG. You know, I got the metal horns up. You know, you're all it's just great meeting you, man. It, it really was. So thank you for pulling me aside.
1: Uh, likewise, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys accepting me into the fig life. You know, shout out Ring Skirts, GBM, Hova. Uh, there's so many man Uh, good sister Tara Drew the whole Ohio players man everybody's just awesome and I think today's
2: Drew's birthday so happy birthday Drew oh
1: yes happy birthday man I'm gonna just I'm gonna send him a message now on Twitter
2: <laughs> all right Ralphie thank you very much for being on man
1: Oh man anytime thank you all right man take it easy
2: bye thank you Ralphie for being on looking forward to seeing more photo shots that you have lined up. I said it at the end, but thank you very much for pulling me aside. Uh, It was great meeting you, man. And still one of my favorite photos from that weekend. Now it is time to get our next Fig Lifer on.
3: Hello. How are you doing, Zach? I am doing super well. How are you?
2: Doing well. This is handsome Zach at S-N-E-S Chalmers on Twitter. You know what's funny, man, is you still have my favorite Twitter handle, the at name. It's my favorite Twitter handle because of being a huge Simpsons fan. That is one of my favorite Twitter handles. And for anybody that doesn't know uh Simpsons, there was an episode where Ralph Wiggum says Super Nintendo Chalmers. So Zach put his Twitter handle at SNES Chalmers, which was hilarious. And I knew right then we were going to be best friends.
3: I I often, to this day, I still get the the tweet with the, uh, SNES that's made up to look like super uh, intended <laughs> chalmers that that happens regularly actually
2: I think I've sent that to you like two or three times
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I actually got one a couple days ago
2: <laughs> I, I can imagine you get that quite a bit how are you doing Zach what's going on
3: uh you know I'm, I'm doing pretty well uh I just uh I colored my hair last night um which is kind of unlike me cuz I don't really mess with anything but mm-hmm. uh I'm now a I'm now a silver fox which is <laughs> awesome uh and then just been kind of just hanging around the house doing some yard work and uh got to go figure hunting for a little bit yesterday and found a Elite 76 out in the market so that was pretty nice
2: Did you pick any of them up
3: Uh yeah I picked up uh Cena and Christian um I have uh Heavy Machinery and Lacey Evans coming from uh, ringside collectibles because the way everything has been lately with uh, COVID and everything, our our stores aren't getting anything. Like It's been a long time since we've gotten any new figures, so I figured it would be probably two or three months after the fact when we finally get them, and I didn't want to wait that long. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I when I saw the figures in the store, I I looked at that Cena and the Christian because I I didn't plan on picking them up and I I had to take them. They they look awesome in person.
2: Gotcha. That's one of those times where you go to a toy store and you're like, okay, I'm not going to pick these up. And then you hold them and you're like, crap. (laughs) You're like, here goes 40 bucks.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I did the same thing with the uh, Bianca Belair uh, basic because I I don't collect basics, but I I saw that one and I'm just like I'm not sure if she's gonna get an elite, so might as well snag it now.
2: <laughs> the uh, Matt Riddle was the same one or same thing with me. I held the Matt Riddle and I'm like Matt Riddle is one of my favorite wrestlers like right now. Yeah. I love Matt Riddle and I'm like ah darn it. <laughs> I, I was like all right, throwing it in the cart, getting
3: it. I, I couldn't believe they got the mushroom on that. Like I thought that was going to be like, you know how um, back in the day when the wrestlers would have Tasmanian devil tattoos, they wouldn't show up on the figures or yep. a bunch of CM Punk's tattoo. I thought that was going to be something where they just didn't have it, but mm-hmm. there it is.
2: So you go to a lot of, or before all this started, you were going to a lot of indie shows, weren't you?
3: Yeah. Um, speaking of Matt Riddle, I actually, uh, I got to meet him a couple times, a couple years ago. Uh, he's a super nice guy. Um, When he came to Missoula, Montana, um, to do a wrestling show, my friend actually got to be his driver uh, after the show. And he said he was just high as a kite and super nice.
2: (laughs) No, I've got to ask, how is the wrestling scene in Montana?
3: Uh, It's pretty much non-existent. Uh, We get, for a while, we were getting big time wrestling. They would come and do like baseball stadium shows here, but only like 50 to 100 fans would show up Mm -hmm. um they would bring in legends so uh, like i got to meet booker t and bret hart scott steiner stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh they stopped bringing them here um wwe did a couple shows here recently we had one in butte montana which i believe was the first live wrestling event there in over 20 or 30 years like it was a long time Mm -hmm. and then um uh, we have a couple independents in the Pacific Northwest. We have Defy, and then we have Prestige. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying to get more shows out here. Um, Danhausen was actually supposed to come to a Prestige show um, either the week, I think the week before Memorial Day weekend. But uh, of course, you know, everything shut down. So that's put on hold for now.
2: But the other show I do the, on the Lucha Central Network, Lucha Libre Figures and Facts, Matt Farmer, the producer of defy wrestling is actually one of my co-hosts
3: oh wow yeah i did not know that he
2: is a historian on lucha libre it's pretty interesting but anyways
3: did he ever tell you the story about how he got choke sound by kane
2: no but i'm gonna be asking him that next
0: show
3: (laughs) okay yeah because my my buddy sean works with him um i guess worked with him uh when they were coming to missoula or whatever uh-huh. and he said that uh matt just kept talking about the time he got choked on by Kane. and i'm like well that's that's still pretty cool
2: <laughs> i'm gonna be asking him about that next show <laughs> that's funny man yeah i've always actually been curious how the wrestling scene is up in montana because montana isn't a huge populated state
3: so- yeah i think last time i checked we only have like a little bit more than a million people and i think we're like the the fourth or fifth largest state land wise. So Mm -hmm. I never understood that, you know?
2: Yeah. And so I've always actually been curious how it's, how it is up there for you because, you know, it's a by size, it's a good size state, but it's only like the population, like you just said, is just over a million. So I've always wondered, does that translate well with wrestling?
3: It's, I mean, I'd like to, during, during like the attitude era and stuff, like I was i i I mean i didn't hit my first wrestling show i think until i was 19 or 20 like my first real wrestling show and i had to travel to spokane for that like we we never really get anything here but in the past couple years it's picking up a little bit Mm -hmm. um i think they're they're just like especially the indies because um those those baseball shows I was telling you about, like we fifty people max, but when when Defy came to Missoula, that building was packed, and they were a hot crowd. Like Flip Gordon came back to Montana, and everyone was super hyped to see him, and Matt Riddle was there, and Brian Cage, and a bunch of guys like that, and it was it was it was a blast. Like everyone had a really great time.
2: You said when you were nineteen, it was your first big show. What was that show? Was it a WWF? Uh,
3: yeah, it was. I went to a SmackDown taping. Um, it was actually the week after uh, Macho Man had passed away, so they did like a little tribute video, and uh, we were all just, you know, crying because Macho Man. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I got to see. Um, I got to see Jinder Mahal make his debut on screen, so that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got we got to see. Um, my 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 roommate at the time was a huge Christian fan, and he got to see Christian, so he was pretty excited about that. And I got to see uh, uh, Trent Beretta because i I took a sign for him it was it was he was doing a show for either um, it was either a dark match or a sh- uh, match for um superstars or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I got to see him and Tyson Kidd have a pretty awesome match. so I was pretty excited about that
2: underrated wrestler Trent Beretta is.
3: Oh, oh yeah absolutely um like I I got really excited back in the day when they started doing a program with him and drew McIntyre mm-hmm. because I love both of those guys and then that just kind of didn't happen and then they WWE never really did anything with Trent which is unfortunate
2: well New Japan was well he he won the uh, junior heavyweights with Rocky a few times or junior yeah. tags I should say. And then it looked like when they split up, they were starting to go, they were starting to kind of give him a little bit of a push. You know, he was facing Kenny. um, He was winning some matches and singles. So I was like, okay, you know, Trent's going to start to get the love in New Japan. And then it just, it almost seemed like they just pumped the brakes really hard and then he just went to AEW
3: yeah like he because I, I remember they were uh, he had a shirt out that's like trent is big now or whatever because he was <laughs> yes. trying to start wrestling heavyweights and everything yep and um I, I was following him then and then it just stopped and he he's on aew and um i don't watch aew as much as i should mm-hmm. um, but uh because i i like a lot of the um guys who you know, like Chuck Taylor and Jungle Boy and guys like that. And they don't usually use them as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get kind of bored of seeing the, uh, the old WWE guys on the top and everything like that. But
2: Funny story. We used to get Jungle Boy out here all the time. He would wrestle for pro wrestling Re- revolution or APW or whatever indie show was going on out here. So he was out here often. So we'd see him, and people would just go nuts for him. And I was like, I I like him, but I didn't know he had this big of a following. It wasn't, unfortunately, until his dad passed away that I found out that he was Luke Perry's son. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I, messaged, I messaged Celeste because Celeste was a huge 90210 fan, and she loved Luke Perry. I was like, did you know Jungle Boy is Luke Perry's son? And she goes,
0: what? <laughs>
3: <You know. laughs> yeah, last year we got the during WrestleMania weekend we got all the shows, um like Joey Janela's Spring Break and stuff like that. And I believe that was his first match since his dad had passed away, like it was him versus Janella if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And just like coming out and seeing his entrance like it, like I immediately became a fan because you could just tell how much everybody loved him and that they were all there for him after, you know, going through such a loss and everything like that. Yeah. And it even got to the point where my girlfriend who was watching with me, she started tearing up because she could tell. And it was just – it was super awesome. And I don't know. I, I've, I've been a huge fan of Jungle Boy for a while now. So, yes. you know, nothing but the best for him.
2: The same here, man. Like I was – like I said, we were big fans of his. And we, we loved seeing him out here. And he would put on some entertaining matches. But no clue until his dad passed away that he was <laughs> – it was Luke Perry's son. So, but anyways
3: – if you ask me, that's pretty awesome, though, because he's not using his dad to get himself over, which, you know, isn't necessarily the case with a lot of wrestlers.
2: Yeah. So do you travel to Spokane or Seattle a lot for indie shows as well?
3: Um, yeah, I actually uh, I, I go to Spokane. Um, Prestige runs there a lot. I mm-hmm. go to Defy for or excuse me, I go to Seattle for Defy. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to I went to uh, Takeover Portland um i've actually gone i i drove 18 hours in one day from great falls to la to make a pwg show um I've, I've done a bar wrestling show like i i will travel to see wrestling like i i don't care
2: oh okay when everything opens up and you make that trek down to los angeles stop off out here man i want to meet you
3: okay we can do that
2: uh, <laughs> yeah man or pick me up we'll go together down to pwg
3: yeah, I know I know Dobro and I have been talking about hitting up a uh, bar wrestling cuz I I um just happened to be in LA uh, meeting my dad for the first time and there was a bar wrestling show the day before I was supposed to leave so I took my brother to his uh our, I guess our first show together and we had a freaking blast. It was awesome.
2: Yeah, Jonathan Dobro uh Dobro hits up bar wrestling all the time. So, yeah. So, uh which PWG did you go to?
3: Uh, game over, man. It was it was the one that they did for Bill Paxton after he passed away.
2: Oh, okay, gotcha. Was that in the old? Uh, oh, what's the old building they used to run? Uh,
3: I I um, I don't remember the name of it. I think it was just the VFW hall, but the one in Reseda. Yeah, it was it was. I think they were only there for like one more year, and then they moved to the new venue. So I I did actually get to go to the old venue.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, it has that feeling to it, like that hometown feeling to it. But everybody always complained about how hot it was in there.
3: (laughs) Holy crap. I'm from Montana. Like, we, we get heat, like maybe... Two months out of the year, everything else is either wind or snow. Uh-huh. Um, but it got up to like a hundred and five in that room, and everyone was packed in like sardines. And oh. and a bottle of water was like eight dollars, so it was <laughs> it was hell.
2: But that's the. Uh, I, the love of it that you have like there's that little niche about it that just brings that feeling in that about that whole setup there but now that they're in the new place I hear it's much much better except for the parking I hear the parking sucks but
3: <laughs> yeah the the parking at the original venue was kind of rough because it was in kind of a sketchy neighborhood oh okay so you, you had to be kind of careful about that
2: <laughs> so what wrestlers have you met going to all these indie shows
3: Ooh, I've met a ton of people. Um, I finally got to meet Joey Ryan uh, two years ago. Um, I've gotten to meet Matt Riddle, uh, Keith Lee, uh, Marty Scurll. Um I got to two-sweep the Young Bucks once at that PWG show. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just tons of people. Um, last uh, year, I got to meet um, Ultimo Dragon, which was like a dream for me because I grew up Watching Ultimo Dragon, and I, I didn't get to meet him, but I got to high-five Hushin Liger, and that was that was that was it. I could have been struck by lightning after that, and I would have been oh okay. yeah. I've I've gotten to meet a ton of people. Um, uh, my 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 favorite interaction is when uh Defy and um Progress did a collaboration show. I got to meet uh, British Strongstyle. And I was super nervous cause Pete Dunn is Pete Dunn and like Shinsuke Nakamura are basically interchangeable. They're both like my favorite wrestlers and I was so nervous, but they were all super cool. Uh, Trent actually lunged at me with like a throat chop and yelled out Kane. <laughs> <laughs> like when, when he did that, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And then we, we took our photo together and it was, it was awesome. And then, uh, later on in the show, um, this is kind of a weird story, and it, it, let me just preface everything by saying that, but uh, uh, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate were wrestling a team from Defy called uh, the American Guns, mm-hmm. and after the match, the American Guns low-blowed them, so they're they're trying to sell it, they're walking outside of the ring holding their crotch, and Trent Seven <laughs> walks up to me, and I, I do the little the little mustache uh you know, the little okay hand signal, whatever. Uh-huh. He grabs my hand and he puts it on his crotch and, and <laughs> he says, help me, please. And then just walks away.
2: <laughs> oh my God, dude. That's that's a Joey Ryan picture right there, man.
3: <laughs> and I know, I, like, because I'm friends with a couple people that were at the show. Nobody caught it on photo. Nobody got a video of it. I cannot <laughs> find this. So people like, it sounds like I'm lying, but I'm not. I swear to god that really happened.
2: <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that, but
3: <laughs> I mean if it if it was anybody besides Trent Seven, it would have been a little weird, but like Trent Seven's another one of my favorites. I absolutely love that guy.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so let's go back to figures. When did you start collecting?
3: Um well currently I am just uh like I, I got started with Mattel when they first came out, like because that's really all I collect right now with the figures is the elites. Um, when they first came out to Mattel, I was pissed off because I had every figure of the Deluxe Aggression from uh, Jack Specific, mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I'm not going to do this again. Mm-hmm. So I was just saying, screw it. And I was just collecting CM Punk figures because he was my favorite at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then uh, once Shinsuke uh, came over to WWE, I got his Defining Moment figure. Mm-hmm. And then I, I bought two I bought one to display and then one for mint on card and then I just kind of started getting back into it and now I have ooh, I have a ton of elites just sitting on my shelf um just you know I, I've, I've been a collector of wrestling figures since as early as I can remember I mean I I, I remember uh getting going to kb toys and picking up a hasbro jake the snake and then losing his snake while we were at the pizza parlor because i just couldn't wait to open him oh so i yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) that would have killed me man uh it, it losing the accessories and this is let me go back a little bit scott would always take the accessories and throw them into a bag And Mm -hmm. to this day, they're still in that bag. So thank God Scott did that. And also with the bio cards of uh, wrestlers on the back of cards when we'd pop them open. But anyways, I hated losing the accessories if any accessories went missing. In fact, uh, I used to collect a mask toy. Do you remember mask?
3: That was a little before my time, I believe. I, I know of it, but I'm not too familiar of it.
2: So I lost one of the masks to the guys and it killed me. Like I felt like, the biggest jerk for losing this toy and blah blah blah. Well, funny story, we were playing two-hand touch football out at the play yard and I made a game saving two-hand touch play. And my brother's in class and the kid one of the kids goes, Oh dude, your your brother did good. He, you know, he saved that touchdown, whatever it was, just playing two hand touch in elementary school. And my brother goes, oh yeah, man, that is cool. You know, blah, blah, blah. They get to talking and he goes, yeah, my brother lost one of his mask toys, uh, one of the masks to this this guy. And s- the guy goes, oh, I have an extra here. He had it in his backpack and he takes it out and hands it to Scott. Scott-, <laughs> Scott sees me at recess. He's all, dude, here you go. I was like, you found it. He goes, no, this person gave it to me. I'm like, what <laughs> you know so in what it, are the
3: odds dude
2: tell me about it you know <laughs> but relating back to you losing that snake it's you just get, have that sunken feeling like oh crap i lost the snake you know the accessory i didn't lose the figure i lost the accessory and sometimes that's just as big as losing the figure
3: oh absolutely i was uh um I was very careful with my toys growing up, but I would still lose things. Like I, I, I hated the power Rangers figures that came with two weapons. Um, <laughs> usually the yellow or the blue Ranger. Cause I would only have one. Uh-huh. So then I could not make the power blaster and that would drive me flipping nuts as a little <laughs> six year old kid who just, just wanted this toys, and just couldn't do it.
2: Uh huh. And you were, you were collecting power Rangers at Bandai, right?
3: Oh yeah. I, I used to, um, I I remember going to Target and having to enter a raffle to um, get a chance to even buy Power Rangers figures because they were just, they were insane. They were flying off the shelves. And I, I don't know how my mom did it, like how she managed to get me all of the figures, but she did. And,. I was, a, I was a very spoiled little boy.
2: <laughs> and you know what? That's actually the truth. You just mentioned that people were holding raffles to get the toys. In certain regions, not down here, it never got that bad. But like in certain regions, we were hearing throughout the country that people had to enter raffles like you had just mentioned. I'm glad you brought that up because that just reminded me of uh, Scott and I hearing people had to enter raffles because it would be a big news thing down here to get the power ranger figures
3: it, it was yeah, like, it, it, it was
2: insane back then
3: like i i'm not sure exactly how it happened um i was able to get all of the regular rangers except for the blue one i could never find him and my mom entered that raffle and she got i i remember it being like the only blue ranger that they had there so i was just over the moon because you know i for whatever reason we couldn't find him anywhere
2: Hmm. thank you for bringing that up man
3: yeah, it's 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 weird like I can't remember what happened last week but I can remember being <laughs> 5 or 6 years old and going through that stuff at Target.
2: Oh, it's all part of getting old, man. Trust me. Like Ugh. I can re- I can remember what I, you know, figures that Scott and I talk about on a weekly basis, but man I can't remember what we had for dinner Friday night. You <laughs> know, for the yeah. life of oh, me. Oh yeah, I'm
3: the, I'm the same way.
2: <laughs> you were collecting Jacks. Did you collect Hasbro's or any WCW toys or anything like that?
3: I I did have a few Hasbro's, um, but I got those when I was super young. Um, like I I have a photo of me with a, a Hogan and Warrior, and I remember having the ring, but I I don't remember like building a collection of those um it didn't really start until uh jacks came out with bcas mm-hmm. um i wasn't gonna get them but my grandma got me the complete first two sets for one of my birthdays and then it was just it was on like i had every single bone crunching action figure and then uh when wcw started doing their relationship with i believe it was toy biz yep uh those were the ones that i i picked up uh Mostly, like, I I believe I got the Hogan or Goldberg. I don't remember which one because it came with a belt and I didn't have any belts for my uh, figures. So I I snagged that and and then it started going to, like, you know what? I got to get the whole set. And then I had all these WCW guys and a lot of them were really horrible to play with because of, like, like DDP. You know, he's just posed in a diamond cutter position and just – the giant, you can only move his arm. Uh, really, you know they 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 weren't very good figures. No,
2: <laughs> I was not fans of those.
3: I mean, they, they they had really cool accessories, but like the figures themselves weren't weren't anything to get excited about.
2: I know a lot of people love the articulation on a lot of the toy biz figures. Eric Arana, one of the other guys that I do the show with, the Lucha Libre figures and facts, he loved. The toy biz figures because of the articulation, but I asked him. I go, so I take it you weren't a fan of LJNs. He goes, oh God, no, because he loved articulation in toys. The more articulation, the better. It's like throw more articulation in.
3: No, I I agree with that. Like, um, I'm not sure what year it was, but Jax came out with uh, those finishing moves and final count figures. I was all about those. Like, I didn't even care about the stupid hairstyles that came with them. (laughs) I just, I loved those things.
2: Those figures were so awesome. I loved the way they were posed in the package. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, whether Matt Hardy was doing a twist of fate to his brother or Triple H was doing the pedigree. And like you said, the hair was all over the place, but they had to capture the guy in the move. But when you actually wrestled with it, the hair was actually in one place. Like, they used way too much Aquanet hairspray, you know? (laughs) But it, it but they were fantastic the way they were packaged i 100% agree with you
3: oh they they were they were fun to play with too cuz i i was still playing with my figures at that time and they were they were easy to have matches and they They were just an absolute blast. I I was kind of bummed that they didn't run that series very long.
2: What other lines have you collected? Did you collect a lot of the random one-offs from Jax, like maybe like a WrestleMania BCA? Because they would come out with so many Stone Colds, and it would be basically the same figure, just packaged in a WrestleMania 15 box or a SummerSlam box or whatever it may be.
3: You know, I, I never really did that. I mostly, like, I would have one of each character unless they came out with, like, a better version, and then I would just update them and get rid of the older one. Okay. Um, And then once they kind of moved over to TitanTron Live, I, I stopped doing those because I was not a fan of those. Um, When they moved back over to the, um or when they moved to the R3, I was not a fan of those either. They, they just looked weird to me. Like, they, they looked malnourished, and, like, <laughs> they had velociraptor bodies so i wasn't a fan of those yeah and then um when they moved over to uh ruthless aggression i picked up a a few of the guys Mm -hmm. um i just i I don't know like in hindsight i don't think i just i really just didn't enjoy a lot of jack's work i just they a lot of shortcuts and um you know wrong attires and stuff like that you know, growing up as a kid, you don't care. You just want the figure. But, like, in hindsight, it's like, mm, a lot of those weren't very good.
2: Yeah, and that's the problem is, is a lot of people love jacks, and then when Mattel's came out, everybody's got the Mattel goggles on, and they go back and look. And it's understandable because Mattel is crushing it right now. I mean, that's the bottom line is they're crushing it. This is one of the best figure lines ever, depending on who you ask. But a lot of people yeah. love the jacks, but when you go back and you look at them now, you're like, mm, okay. Not so much on this one, not so much on that one. I'm um, that's actually surprising to me that a lot of people don't love the deluxe aggressions as much as uh, they should like because it was more articulation. I thought the deluxe aggressions, even the deluxe classics looks fantastic.
3: Yeah, I, I had uh, when those came out, I had one of everybody. Um, even to the point where I was starting to make customs, uh, like I have a, um, Ultimo dragon that I got made. And then I have a Brian, uh, the Brian Kendrick that I had made, cause he's also another one of my favorite guys. And like th- those figures were just, they were great to pose. They were great to play with like to- about those, about the time those came out, I was done playing, but, uh, I would every once in a while have a match or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was really bummed when those went away. Because oh. if you ask me that, that was probably Jack's best work. Was the Deluxe Aggression? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Much agreed. Much agreed. And then Jeremy Padauer on Twitter was talking about how the next thing after the Deluxe and all that stuff was going to be a Gen 2. And I'm like, what was going to be the Gen 2? I want to see if there's any mock-ups or what was going to be into it. it basically would have been more articulation what you see in Mattel leads, but that's what I'm kind of guessing, but I want to, you know, I still wanted to see what Jax could do with that gen tooth.
3: Oh, wow. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. yeah, that would, that would have been awesome.
2: Oh, it would have been fantastic. So when you meet the wrestlers right now, what are you getting signed?
3: I, well, basically, uh, I, I don't really get anything signed because a lot of the times, um, the, the seats and everything are really crammed and I don't want to take a mint on card figure and have it get destroyed or something by like somebody stepping on it. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of these indie shows, you got to move out of the front row because you know, you'll, a guy will get thrown into you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, when I met, uh, Tyler Bate, I had him sign his elite. I got a gold, uh, gel pen or not a gel pen, but a paint pen for that one. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I met Booker T here. I had him sign his, uh, his uh, Harlem heat elite figure. Nice. Uh, and I, I didn't know anything at the time. So I just had him sign it with a, uh, um, just a regular, uh, Sharpie. Oh. So yeah, hopefully I can meet him again and have <laughs> him redo that one. Yeah. Get, a, um,
2: get the magic erase and wipe off the autograph.
3: When I met Bret Hart, I had my, um, uh, my, my copy of the WWE WWF magazine that had him and Bart Simpson on the cover. Nice. And, uh, I asked him to sign that, and uh, you know, understandably, Bret Hart's kind of a miserable guy. Like he didn't really interact much or anything, but he got a big smile on his face when he saw that, and then he <laughs> he signed that, and uh, you know, he did the the four stars on it, and everything like that, and, and yeah. then he just got to talking to me a little bit about how he used to come down to. Montana for Dr Pepper or whatever, because I guess they didn't have that in Calgary. And how he he's been here a bunch of times, and it was it was really cool. He like opened up with me after that.
2: Oh, that's awesome. He, he would just go to, to Montana just to pick up Dr Pepper.
3: I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> uh, as I I, I sell the stuff now because that's that's what I do for my profession. I'm a I'm a Coca Cola vendor, so like, um, I kind of know a little bit about that. But I didn't know that it wasn't available in Canada.
2: So. If Bret Hart's one of your favorites, you must have gone crazy when he was on The Simpsons, huh?
3: Well, actually, I wasn't a huge Bret Hart fan when I was growing up. I thought he was kind of boring. Okay. <laughs> um, but um you know, as you grow up and you, you 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 watch the wrestling more over the characters, like I grew to appreciate him. Mm-hmm. Um when when I was growing up I was I was really into like larger than life guys, like I loved Vader. Uh, mm-hmm. Razor Ramon was my guy. Um, uh, WCW, I loved Glacier and Mortis. Like those two. Like to this day, Mortis is my favorite WCW superstar. I just love the character and the gear and everything. <laughs> and then he could put on a hell of a match too. So that yep. that helped his cause.
2: Yep. I'm trying to think of other big guys. Were you a Taker fan?
3: You know, I, I never really like the popular guys. I wasn't a big fan of them. Like I, I didn't really care for Taker. I, I definitely didn't care for Hogan. Um, but I think like the, the bigger guy that I was a fan of was macho man. But I mean, how can you not be a fan of macho man? Yeah. But like, I, I always like the undercard guys. Like I was a big fan of the cruiserweights. Um, I loved uh, Rey Mysterio, Ultimo Dragon, Fusion um, Thunder Liger, stuff like that, mm-hmm. just because they they kind of reminded me of the stuff that I loved as a kid, you know, Power Rangers and superheroes and stuff like that. So I, I kind of gravitated more towards them.
0: I
2: remember uh, when Brett was going to be on The Simpsons, I, was, I, I couldn't wait for it. Like, I think um, some buddies came over and we got uh, pizza and just waiting for that one. I think he was on for what, maybe... 15 seconds 20 seconds if
3: even if not in that episode I didn't even think it was him the first time I heard his voice I'm like oh that doesn't sound like him
2: I know I did the same thing I was like that's what we got pizza and wings or whatever for uh did you ever collect the Simpsons playmate figures
3: no the, the only one I do have is is actually the Bret Hart I was gonna have him sign that but it came in the mail just destroyed and so I I went and found my magazine but no I, I i don't really collect much simpsons memorabilia the the only stuff i really have are the uh, lego sets um the simpsons uh quickie mart and then their house oh okay uh, but other other than that there's just there's way too much to keep up on
2: yeah back in the day back in 2000 the playmate figures uh that they came out with they just came out with so much between playsets, figures. Uh, they had like Sunday best BART and then they had regular BART and then another style BART and you're like, OK, <laughs> I this is like Jackson Steve Austin right now. I can't keep up. You know?
3: <laughs> and then uh, when uh, like, I don't know if you uh, do you have Hastings stores in your area?
2: No, we don't have that out here.
3: Okay. Well, we used to have like a media place called Hastings. You could get like books, movies, games, and stuff. And they had a small section for figures. And that thing was always just flooded with like Simpsons, Kid Rock, like oh. I guess he got a figure. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I, the, him and Britney Spears were always just flooding that area. And I never, I never saw any of the other ones. Just
2: those two. <laughs> uh, down here, uh, so you're talking about the Simpsons figures that came out. I think those were 2012, 2013, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, probably more towards uh, that time period. You,
2: you know what's funny is the two I always had trouble finding. In fact, I never saw the Weird Al Yankovic one. Never, mm. uh, never saw the Weird Al down here, but Weird Al and Brett were always the two that, Always had trouble finding. Uh, Brett, I did see on the pegs once. And that was it for me. But like you just said, Kid Rock flooded. Um, Britney Spears flooded the pegs. There were some other ones that flooded the pegs as well. But uh, Weird Al Yankovic and Bret Hart were the two I could never find.
3: Yeah, I mean I, I had to go online to get my Brett because um shopping for that kind of stuff is limited, uh where I live. So if I can't find it here, it's it's internet.
2: <laughs> so what other cartoons were you into?
3: I was uh Big Ninja Turtles guy, um Captain Planet, uh Rocco's Modern Life, um you know, you know, I, I really liked funny, kinda quirky stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would I would watch uh, Ren and Stimpy when my mom wasn't around. She didn't (laughs) like it, but you know, if she wasn't around, you know, what's the harm?
2: Yeah, no harm, no foul, right? (laughs) Right. See, that's the thing. Right now, is like you go like there's so many things I do want to collect outside of wrestling, but it's just wrestling takes up so much of the budget right now, so I can't go back and collect uh, Ren and Stimpy toys or like Super Seven. I believe came out with. Ren and Stimpy toys. It's like oh, I can't collect those. I want to collect those, but I just can't. I, one, I don't have the space for it. But two, like there's no uh, no room in the budget to go back and collect nostalgia stuff such as that.
3: Yeah, that that's I'm running into the problem with running out of space. Um, Jordan, the giant Cassatt, picked up uh, those new Kenner Ghostbusters. He got me Slimer and Stay Puft.
0: Oh, and nice. then uh
3: justin justin picard picked me up the ghostbusters themselves and i i have nowhere to put them but i had to get them and then <laughs> um hasbro just or um i think it was hasbro hasbro just came out with their own line of uh ghostbusters that are more like the the movie versions yep um i snagged all those and I'm collecting the uh, Power Rangers lightning collection and uh, every once in a while I'll pick up like a Lego set and stuff. So I I've got all this, like as I'm, as I'm talking to you right now, I'm looking on the floor and I picked up that uh, 1989 Batmobile Lego set. The one that's like 3000 pieces. Oh, and it's, it's just all over the floor because it gets kind of overwhelming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my buddy is actually my, one of my friends that lives out here. His name's Norm. He's actually putting that together and he kept putting uh, pictures up of his on his Instagram story. So I showed it to Scott because Scott's a huge Batman mark. And he's just like, oh, my God, dude, is that the three? You know, like you just said, the 3000 piece one. And I was like, yeah, dude. He goes, oh, my God, that thing is so beautiful. So keep working on it, man. It, does, it pays off.
3: Uh, I am on page 163 out of 434 in the <laughs> instruction manual, so some progress has been made.
2: <laughs> Speaking of friendships developing, you, Ethan, and Jordan have all developed a friendship just kind of off Twitter.
3: Yeah, um, they, I talk to them pretty much every day uh jordan actually recently just picked up an xbox so we've been gaming together too Uh, i played with his um his brother and then one of his uh i guess he would call him a friend i don't know Mm
2: -hmm. that's awesome man It's, it's cool hearing the stories that of friendships venturing off of you know of twitter or people meeting within the community and stuff like that like i was talking to ethan because ethan and i text and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah," he goes. Jordan, Zach, and I talk all the time. I was all handsome Zach, and he goes, "Yeah." I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, dude, we talk all the time, but like, basically every day."
3: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think they liked me when I first met them because uh, Jordan is very much—I um, don't know how to put this without sounding like a jerk. <laughs> But he, he's a certain way, and he comes off a certain way, and when I first met him, I'm like, wow, he's kind of a kind of a dick, and I don't think he likes me, but then he's just like, no, I, I think you're you're awesome. And, you know, we've <laughs> we've been friends ever since.
2: Yeah. All three of you guys are awesome, man. And uh, there's rumors that you guys are going to be coming to Los Angeles for Mania?
3: We were hoping to, but with everything going on the way it is, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, originally, we were going to go to Seattle for the Royal Rumble, because that was the rumor. Yeah. And then everything kind of fell apart and nothing's been announced so we might i i know i'm not trying to get my hopes up so i'm just kind of laying low until we kind of figure out what's going on
2: yeah i don't know how they're gonna do uh, scott and i talked about this as well on this week's show but we don't know how they're gonna do like a wrestle con i mean with so many people in one venue how do you how do you structure that and then you got figures being passed around and paint pens. And uh, I just don't know how that's going to happen.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping before, like, cause where I live, it's, it's basically already opened back up and it's, it's kind of nerve wracking because we have, um, national parks and stuff around here that are opening up. So we're going to get travelers and we're going to see a spike in it. I, I'm almost guaranteeing it, but mm-hmm. like in, until like there's a, a cure or whatever, I'm 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 really worried about going to future events.
2: Are you only sticking to certain figures right now? Or are you going to stick to Attitude Era guys, or are you are you just going to collect anything and everything?
3: Well, I, you know, I'm I originally, like I said, uh, it was just CM Punk's, and then it was Shinsuke Nakamura's, and then it started to be like guys that I really liked, mm-hmm. and that nowadays it's just figures I really like. Like, I picked up the, um, the LOD two-pack – or not two-pack. I guess they were separate figures, but I got the, the two LOD elites. Um, I, I was a fan of them as a kid, but, like, I wasn't – like, I had to have all their stuff. But I just saw those figures, and they're just absolutely amazing. and Same with the Demolition. I picked up all their stuff. Um there's just so many figures that look incredible that it's 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 just hard to pass them up
2: and right now with everything spiking it's hard on the budget as well as like i was looking on ebay earlier before we started recording for some figures and even loose figures like they're still going for 120 bucks and i i think it was the lod ones in the red with the the yeah. elite thirty or thirty, I think that was elite thirty, but those are insane prices. Loose, I can't even imagine what they're like carded.
3: Yeah, I, I got I found mine on eBay and I got super lucky. I think I paid like sixty dollars shipped for both of them.
2: Oh, was that so? Was that before everything?
3: <laughs> um, no, that was a couple weeks ago.
2: Oh, dude, you hit the jackpot on those.
3: I, I I've been I've been fairly lucky. Uh, I picked up that uh, Vladimir Kozlov elite for i think the uh, like 30 or 40 shipped it was it was really cheap um before uh, before unfortunately he passed away i was looking for the uh shad and jtg elites but mm-hmm. uh since he passed away that figure has just grossly spiked in value yeah.
2: emphasis on grossly so <laughs>
3: yeah because he was – when he went – because I was looking at one that was roughly $100. And then when he went missing, it went to $200. And then when he passed away, it was like 275 And I'm like, are you serious? Like, that's what you want to do?
2: yeah i have personal feelings about that but (laughs) that's
3: yeah me too you suck if you do that that's my that's my opinion
2: (laughs) Uh, perfect that i couldn't have said it (laughs) any better myself man. man well zach we are gonna round this out and man thank you very much for coming on And by the way the the silver fox hair does look great man
3: thank you i appreciate that thanks for thanks for having me it was i was a little nervous at first that i wouldn't have much to talk about and now that we're wrapping up, I'm thinking, like, oh, I should have told him that story or that story. So, well,
2: do you have another story to throw in?
3: Uh, I, I, I could brag about the one time I got backstage to an NXT show. Do it. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I was uh, NXT came to Portland, Oregon for a live event, um, and I went there. Uh, for that. And then at the end of the show, um, I asked Drake Wirtz, uh, the referee, if I could get a, a picture with him because, you know, he used to wrestle and mm-hmm. I, I was a fan of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had to take down the ring. So he's like, yeah, just give me one second. And then he goes over to the barricade and he opens the barricade over and he's bringing back some of the family members because uh, uh, Tucker and Otis were there and Tucker lives in or is born in Oregon. So his family went back there. And then Drake, like, motions for me. And I'm like, I, I pointed like me and he's like, yeah, you. So I go backstage and the first person I see is Alistair Black. Whoa. Um, and I was super nervous because I knew I wasn't supposed to be back there. Uh, but I, I walked up and I was I was super respectful. I, I said, excuse me, sir. And I I reached my hand out and introduced myself. And he introduced himself to me as Tommy, which I thought was super <laughs> awesome. That's great. And then um, we, we took a picture and then. I was, I was turning around and then there was Tucker. So I, I, you know, introduced myself to him and got a photo with him and then they just kind of, you know, walked off and I'm just kind of sitting in the backstage area and I'm like looking around and everybody's just kind of staring at me. So I, I (laughs) like, you know what, I'm going to leave before I get kicked out. (laughs) But I, I got to meet Alistair and he was, he was super awesome and Tucker was great too. So I was, I was on cloud nine.
2: Oh, that's awesome! And how long was that drive uh, to Portland?
3: Oof, uh, it was a it was a twelve hour drive, but it, it took a little bit longer because um, the the girl I was seeing at the time had a had a kid, so we had to stop a lot. And then oh. on the way back, I got food poisoning. So oh, that no. that twelve hour drive turned into like an eighteen hour drive. It was it was miserable. Oh no, man. Yeah, that's why you don't eat. That's why you don't need at IHOP before you go on a, a long trip. <laughs> that's usually
2: an end of trip uh, food mm-hmm. p- food stop. Oh, dude, that is bad. I'm sorry, man. Food poisoning in another city and then having to travel back is one of the worst things that happened to me in Vegas. Never eat at Bally's buffet. Is Bally's even still mm-hmm. around? I don't even know. But <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: but that's awesome. You got to meet Alistair Black. That's that's fantastic, it- man.
3: Yeah, he was he was great.
2: Portland's a great I'll, I'll, Portland's a great city too.
3: A, yeah, I'll I'll post some photos of it and tag you in it. But yeah, it was it it was great. Like it was it, and I got to see him wrestle Velveteen Dream. Like this was before Dream was super huge, and they put on the best live match I've ever seen, and it was it was awesome.
2: Oh damn! Ever seen?
3: Uh, well, I mean, probably. Uh. Well last year I saw Will Osprey versus Amazing Red uh they when New Japan came to Seattle and that that was that was amazing so okay maybe not the, the best but one of the best
2: Oh man I watched that match the Osprey Amazing Red on New Japan World and that match tore that house down dude
3: Oh it was it was incredible and we we were having a bad time though because they put us right in front of the speakers and those speakers were about 10 uh, like 10 decibels louder than they needed to be <laughs> so you know that part was rough but that match was that was incredible
2: oh man i'm actually jealous you got to see that match
3: i, I just i honestly just went to see liger because i wanted to see him before he retired mm-hmm. um so like he he was on like the first match and then i you know I'm a, I'm a fan of new japan obviously but um i i had to go once they announced liger was going to be there
2: yeah i'm so happy they're opening back up and get to yeah me. Uh, Get to get to watch matches on New Japan World tomorrow. Oh, I'm so stoked!
3: You know, speaking of Liger, you know, we didn't have COVID, we didn't have any of this stuff going on when he was still wrestling. You know, once he retires, the world just went to crap.
2: Dude, I didn't piece that together, but you're correct.
3: (laughs) He was saving us.
2: (laughs) This is actual facts. I don't know if anybody has put this else or anybody else has put this together.
3: Nope, <laughs> undisputable facts.
2: <laughs> oh, the stuff wrestling fans think up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well Zach, thank you for being on. Man, this was a great time, and uh, I loved hearing the stories. Thank you very much.
3: Yep, thank you so much for having me.
2: All right, if you if you text Jordan or Ethan today, tell him I say hello. I will do that. <laughs> All right, Zach, take care, man.
3: You too. i will talk to you later. Alrighty, mm-hmm, bye. Bye.
2: That rounds out the latest episode of Telephone. Zach, Ralphie, thank you guys so much for coming on. That means a lot, man. You guys had some great stories. I could have gone another hour with you guys, but we did have to round it out. But guys, thank you so much. Hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys are staying well out there. Be safe if you're going toy hunting. Put on the masks. Put on the gloves. Whatever you whatever you do to remain safe, please do it. So, for Telephone, this is Jeff signing off. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Yeah!